All right, getting ready here. I've got my uh, coffee. It's uh, almost lunchtime here. It's a sunny day. It's cold though. It's definitely getting colder here in Canada. Um, our bedroom is up in a loft and uh, the heat has trouble getting up there. So it gets, it gets pretty freezing. So I purchased this like little fan that goes in the in the HVAC duct kind of pulls the hot air up a little bit it's Canadian problems I'm telling you but it is getting colder there we had a little bit of snow I see the grass again now so we'll see what happens I don't know how many days we have left of kind of fall weather until winter comes in full tilt but yeah definitely uh Canadian vibes over here and it's crazy. This is episode 99, just kind of getting started here a little early, letting folks come in. Um, yeah, I mean, just a couple minutes ago, I took a minute and I was like, let me look at the HBAR charts just because um, there's definitely been a lot of excitement about Bitcoin and price action and this and that, you know, and the the 30-day HBAR charts look kind of cool. I mean, it's like a nice little little ride up. You know, of course, you can't really predict what's going to happen, but um, I definitely see some like genuine excitement and euphoria in the community and, you know, people putting out some wacky um, price predictions and stuff like that. So it's always fun. Um, and I'm hoping for more of that. I mean, I shared a clip from the show last week too, just kind of, I was talking about my thoughts on substance and hype and kind of how they work together and um really uh, you know my big realization heading into a new year and wrapping up this year is 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 really understanding you know um when it comes to the substance side of things um you know Hedera Swirls HBAR Foundation Hashgraph Association um those folks have the substance stuff taking care of it's their job and they do it better than anyone else but when it comes to the hype side i i kind of said you know it's it's we don't need to ration the hype anymore you know i think that it's okay to get a little wacky get you know have some fun um and not get too stressed about the sense you know um i think that when you have a network like hedera that's so strong in fundamentals and so strong in the technology and also so strong in the governance. Um, if there is any network that should be able to have some wacky fun and really hype themselves up, to be honest, it's Hedera because we have the substance to back it up. Now, if you're a network, let's say, that doesn't necessarily have that substance to back it up, well, that's another situation. But to me, you know, I don't, I don't think that this network is in a place where we have to worry too much about that kind of stuff because if we're throwing some crazy hypotheticals out there, if we're, um, if we're sharing in a little bit of that euphoria and, and hype energy, you know, not only do we have the substance to back it up, but that's just fun, you know, that that grabs the attention of other communities and I think is a little contagious and. Um, sometimes it's what's expected in web three. Like that's, that's why people come to new communities, you know? So anyways, um, quick, uh, thank you to, I got quite a few, um, 
contributions to the show this week. Um, just some folks sending in. I'm just opening up a Diet Coke here, so pardon the... Uh, there we go. Um, yeah, had a few contra- HBAR contributions come into the show with uh, some nice memos, just kind of, you know, how they appreciate the show, all that kind of stuff. Um, I think my favorite memo was somebody who obviously had seen the meme of, um, you know, uh, the $350 HBAR. <laughs> they sent me one HBAR and they were like, redeem it for $350. <laughs> but... Um, you know, I, I just appreciate the contributions so much. I mean, the show is, is, uh, made possible by people listening to it and, and supporting. So that means a lot. Um, and also too, uh, I mean, shout out to stuff like I get these tweets sometimes, but I mean, um, at JJ Trulio 12 on X posts, um, just reshared the spaces and says all the weekly H bar alpha I need is on this show. Give a listen and you'll learn so much. And I appreciate uh, people sharing the show. Um, Yeah, we got a lot to talk about today. Um, And I see a few people listening that I might want to bring up and uh, ask a few questions to. So without further ado, hello from Ottawa, Canada, everyone. My name is Brandon Davenport, a.k.a. It's Brandon D. It's November 8th and you're listening to episode 99 of the Hashgraph Enthusiast show all eyes on HBAR. This is a weekly news show where we cover the top 10 stories related to Hedera, HBAR, and everything in between. Listen live on X Spaces every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and other platforms to hear past episodes. Also, oh, I see Hedera is tweeting some stuff out. Maybe I'll check that out in a minute. Also, catch the Hashgraph Enthusiast interview episodes. I'm going to be doing more of those. Like I said, I've been busy uh, doing a lot of things in the ecosystem, working with a lot of very, very smart people. Uh, But I'm hoping to be doing some interviews very soon. So stay tuned for those. Get all the info you need and subscribe at itsbrandond.com slash hbar. For folks listening live on X Spaces now, check out the post pinned to the top for a list of our top 10 stories. Also, Take a moment to share the spaces with your friends. And if you've got some interesting news people should know about, click the comment button at the bottom right and share it with me. Maybe I'll talk about it on the show. And for folks listening to the recording on podcast platforms, leave a comment, break down your thoughts about what we talk about today. Let's keep the conversation going. Um, Yeah, lots to talk about today. Um, A little bit of something to get out of the way real quick. Sam Bankman-Fried, the former head of FTX Crypto Exchange, was convicted on seven charges of fraud, conspiracy, and money laundering and is facing a potential 110-year prison sentence. Um, And I mean, this scandal involved extensive business dealings with major crypto firms. And we're learning kind of how widespread that is. I mean, if anyone remembers what all went down, it was pretty wild. And several of uh, SBF's colleagues have pleaded guilty and may implicate others in ongoing investigations. But... Some of the FTX alumni have secured new roles in uh, venture capitalist and fintech uh, firms. I mean, so they're, you know, they're still working away out there, I guess. But yeah, some big news dropped about the FTX stuff. So um, yeah, we'll see what happens with that. Um, also, I wanted to quickly say, um, I don't know who's who behind the uh, HGraph uh, account tuning in patches. I don't know if that's you, if it is. Um, feel free to hop up for a minute, but 
quick shout out to um, Patches. Congrats on a new job at Swirls Labs. Um, I was really excited to see that news. For folks unfamiliar, you know, Patches um, for years and years has been a key uh, member of the of the Hedera community. Uh, started an NFT project, right? Uh, little JPEGs. And basically, you know, the great story behind that is, um, you know, oh, it's Renly. Renly, shout out. Uh, if Patches is around, have him have him stop by. But uh, if he's busy, I mean, he is at Swirls Labs now, so I imagine he's pretty busy. Um, but yeah, the story behind um, HGraph Punks was basically, let's start a little NFT project and let's do it to find out what the network can't do and uh, build the things that we need ourselves and other people might need those things. And that kind of ethos of really bootstrapping and, and um, having creativity and art and action lead the way is really contagious. And there's a lot of projects like that. Um, and, you know, if you want to look at a career trajectory, look no further than patches in the ecosystem, you know, and to Swirl's credit, I think that a big criticism of Swirl's Labs for a long time has been that, uh, you know, that they might be a little bit out of touch with the community in regards to how things are done. And as the year has gone on, we see things like this happening, right? They hire a community member as part of the product development team at Swirls. So that to me feels like truly a direct response to the sentiment from the community. And I think that the community should hear that loud and clear. And I don't think it can get any more uh, front facing than that. Um, you know, so we got our man on the inside. So shout out to patches also too. He just published a, um, great Twitter thread. I, I shared it. So check my timeline, but patches put out a great Twitter thread. Um, that it does a great job of outlining Hedera. And really the key point is yes, Hedera is very different than other networks. Um, but the purpose of Hedera is to make other networks better, right? To help weave the fabric of Web3. Um, Lehman Baird said himself, Hedera is a trust layer for the internet, right? Or for networks. So if you look at some of the criticisms the Hedera community has had of other networks in the past, like, oh, Solana can't keep time properly and goes down or, oh, this or that. It's it's, it, you know, what this thread is really about is reframing the way we think about those things and go, well, there's a lot of really awesome stuff out there on all sorts of networks. And these are solvable problems. And Hedera can provide some of those solutions. And I just think it's exciting to kind of reframe the thinking about that and go, oh, yeah, what if, you know, what if the, this technology was leveraged to make these other networks more performant? I think that'd be incredible. I mean, um, any network out there not doing well at this point early on in this industry is not good for Hedera. So I think that anything our community and, and this technology can do to improve other networks, the better, in my opinion. Um, and we'll talk a little bit about that frame of thinking um, in, a, in, in our stories that we're going to talk about today. Also, too, quick shout out to um, um, Captain Hot Dog. Um, I know the NFT ecosystem is crazy, but there was a cool little, uh, cool little thing. Basically, he found a way to store NFT artwork directly on the Hedera network. So a lot of people talk about IPFS and is the storage permanent? And they talk about ordinals and how that is 
stored right on the blockchain. And so um, Captain Hot Dog basically was like, hey, I'll create a tiny two color image that's small enough to fit into the limited space available on the actual data of the NFT itself. Um, and so it's not stored on IPFS. It's not stored even on the Hedera file service. It's right on the token itself. And you are limited to a hundred bytes, but if it's a tiny little two color image, it's possible. So, um, I tweeted that out as well. Um, it's a cool little experiment. I think it's fun. People should read it, check it out. Worst case scenario, you learn a little bit about the network. I mean, what's, what's, uh, what's wrong with that? So. I want to dive into something juicy. Our first story of the day, big green candles and influencers. What's driving that? Um, this week, it was very exciting to see, and, and even into last week a little bit, volume on HBAR, you know, up 100%. Price on HBAR over the last month up 30%. Um, hype in HBAR, um, 10Xing. Um, I'm seeing people talking about $1, $2, $3 HBAR. And one thing that I like to see is in the past, something that I've seen that troubles me is you'll have these kind of exciting um, ideas, right? Someone goes HBAR to $10. Uh, you know, and I've never seen people work so hard to prove why HBAR won't get to a certain price. And when I look at it from the outside in another community, I go kind of like, man, that is like a bummer vibe. And I get that there is a time to be realistic, but there also is a time to have some fun. Like there, there truly is no harm in having some wacky fun and making some funny memes, you know? Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Because like I said, we got the substance to back it up. Hedera is doing a great job of that. We really just need to lean on that and, and just have some wacky fun. It grabs eyeballs um, and it grabs attention. And naturally people will learn more about the network. And, you know, it's safe to say nobody knows what the future of HBAR price or the network looks like. Nobody knows. Um, and we can rationalize everything until we're blue in the face and analyze everything until we're, you know, dead tired. But... I mean, at a certain point, you kind of have to go, it's fun. I dig it. And, you know, we are seeing like, you know, for example, accounts like at El, uh, El Luciano underscore Bitcoin, you know, million followers tweeting out a thread about Hedera. This is a great example. In the thread, it's purported, you know, they, they write, you know, Hedera is partnering with Amazon and Walmart and all these different companies that, you know, there are maybe some loose, loose connections um, and probably incorrect information. And previously in the community, I think the response would be from the Hedera community. This is wrong. That's wrong. This is wrong. But I'm seeing more now just, you know, providing more information about the network and not trying to, you know, that misinformation will be sorted out as people learn about the network, but you know, it's, it's tough to get adoption and, and get, you know, awareness about this network. If, you know, we have to stay on top of every single rounding error and uh, grammatical problem, you know, so also too, you know, Scott Melker, you know, huge uh, Twitter account um, tweeting out, you know, uh, 
looks like Hedera might be the next L1 to break out. Very well could be, you know, very well could be not, but I like it. I mean, it's good to see. I mean, AJ writes crypto. I mean, you know, people aren't maybe super, you know, enthusiastic about BitBoy right now with all of the, the drama and everything. And I know AJ writes crypto is affiliated with BitBoy, but I mean, he's excited about HBAR. He's excited about Hedera. Um, that's just genuine, earnest excitement. Good to see. Um, and on on kind of the fund- fundamental side, I mean, it's like um, HBAR to the moon just tweeted out today um, a screenshot from Metrica. And it shows, as we've been seeing these like little baby step functions in TPS on the mainnet. I mean, guys, we're rocking like 2,500 that, like 2,500 TPS average on the mainnet. That's nuts. In January, we were at eight, right? Um, Hedera's revenue is growing at 10x year over year, right? Um, so that's really, really exciting. And we're hitting max TPS of, you know, 7.8 thousand. And furthermore, I was alerted um, recently about there was this like massive um, spike in TPS. Um, People were reporting seeing like 29,000 or 15,000 TPS on the mainnet. I think I tweeted this out and people were just sending me some screenshots and images and videos from the Hedera transactions website. Um, Could have very well been a glitch, Um, but... It's worth noting that in the past, when there has been something like that, um, especially when I share it, you know, representatives from, you know, Swirls or Hedera or whatever will, you know, reply to my tweet or other people's tweets and kind of say, oh, this was a glitch. Um, So I didn't, I didn't really get any of that this time. So we don't really have confirmation that it was a glitch at all. Worth mentioning too, that Metrica, um, you know, hasn't registered a spike to five digits. So that's something worth keeping in mind. But the Hedera Transactions website was showing a TPS of, you know, 15, 20, 25,000. I saw one as high as 29,000. Um, so, you know, it, it's, you know, we get a taste of five digit TPS and really no confirmation one way or the other of whether it was real or not. And I mean, it's just, again, um, exciting. It's excitement. And I'm happy to see the community kind of embracing that. And, and you know, we all know that um, you got to take everything with a grain of salt and you have to, you know, really think realistically about things when it comes to actually making investment decisions. But when it comes to like, you know, creating a little bit of a party and having some fun, there's nothing wrong with that. If it's there, you know, make people make people aware of it. Um, also, too, like, uh, you know, another person in the community Crypto Mason, um, who's been kind of in the Hedera community for a while, you know, tweeting about HBAR more. I'm just, I'm getting the general sense. I'm, I'm noticing a general trend of, of influencers that aren't, that aren't just like, you know, the 10, you know, 20,000 um, follower influencers and also aren't the like purchased a bajillion bots followers, like the actual, you know, a little more tried and true, you know, quote unquote influencers in crypto that have maintained a relatively, you know, a credible um, record um, are 
you know, definitely ramping up the uh, exposure and, and talk about Hedera. And, and furthermore to that, there's less resistance. Um, I notice on the Hedera subreddit and on the cryptocurrency subreddit, um, a key indicator for me is when commonly, and, and, and again, this has actually been referenced directly by people at Swirls, is when you post something Hedera related on the cryptocurrency subreddit, Famously, that post will be removed or it will be, you know, stifled or whatever. There is there is some form of um, unfair, unbalanced uh, moderation, right? And recently, I've noticed that some of those conversations, although maybe they're not popular, um, aren't being brushed off as quickly and aren't being with as are being met with as aggressive opposition as usual. So I'm just kind of paying attention to these different areas and I'm just noticing a little bit of a common trend. Um, also too, Cointelegraph just a couple hours ago published a uh, little report, um, not directly related to Hedera, but it was interesting to me because um, the article discusses the emerging quote, crypto spring, which we've been hearing about, even from you know Mance himself, stay, saying that uh, you know back in back in July, him saying it'll be about twelve months until we see um, a bull market, and the only catalyst to make something happen in a shorter time frame would be something from Wall Street, right? And we we you know naturally think of the Bitcoin spot ETFs and different things like that, but the Coin Telegraph article, you know, to, you know, touches on that crypto spring concept. Um, the evolution of blockchain technology, and they focus on the development of the layer two solutions like Polygon to address scalability, but then also layer one blockchains. Um, and, you know, obviously citing layer two solutions as addressing those pain points of, of you know, scalability. That's one way to address it. Um, also citing, you know, Ethereum's gas fees as that can be prohibitive to, you um, people using that network for large scale use cases, um, talking about protocol performance, just general performance of these L1 protocols that will, you know, offer a much more uh, fertile uh, way for these use cases to grow than if you were to build them on, you know, Bitcoin or Ethereum. Um, and also uh, touching on some of those emerging trends, right? Like, tokenization, account abstraction. These are shaping the future. They're also, you know, a lot of these conversations around um, TPS, the amount of transactions per second, the types of services that are offered, um, making it so enterprise don't necessarily have to interact with the network to leverage the network services, right? So for example, an enterprise being able to use the Hedera consensus service like a notary public, not having to necessarily buy HBAR themselves, but, you know, utilize some kind of managed API service. Um, or for example, with Hedera's stablecoin studio, having a Oracle, um, the Axiom Oracle from uh, Hashport, which is an enterprise Oracle that again, doesn't require you to purchase a token. It functions as a, as a simple SaaS product. So, um, Hedera is mentioned briefly in the article, but again, a little bit of a trend where, and I've talked about this, you know, many episodes ago, is a lot of these things that Manson Lehman and also the extended team 
have been talking about since 2017, those key talking points, those key subjects um, are becoming more and more prevalent in the broader conversation. Um, and it's really exciting. And I mean, uh, something else I want to do is just share a little bit of a... Um, a little bit of a tidbit from a trusted anonymous source that I received recently and um, sharing some, some interesting information with me that I wanted to pass along with the community, uh, but just in a way that, uh, you know, respects the anonymity. Um, so one thing shared is the topic of the governing council pipeline. And, you know, I think I had an overreaction on the show just reflecting on it in regards to kind of the, the 50,000 H bar worth of, you know, bounty for someone to guide someone through the governing council and that potentially being an indicator for in regards to a struggle of getting new governing council members, all those different types of things. I think that in general, over the last month or so, the community has um, consolidated a sentiment around Hedera is struggling to procure governing council members and move them through that pipeline. Um, and, you know, this individual says, you know, that's a misinformed take. Um, there are, there is a healthy governing council pipeline and they've seen many of them in person. So that's a sentiment shared with me. Also, um, at one event, folks at Amazon are explaining how Hedera works, you know, so there are these rumored, you know, and, and again, specifically not to say that um, Amazon is a potential governing council member. But what I'm saying is that a lot of these large enterprises are more knowledgeable about Hedera specifically and about Hashgraph as a technology and the various services that um, Hedera offers. Um, you know, at recent events, they're very interested in everything Hedera, just in general. And this individual kind of feels that, you know, a little bit of a corner has been turned um, in kind of the general sentiment around Hedera. Less people criticize permissioned nodes. They're generally kind of becoming enthusiasts a little more. So I think that a lot of hard work from the community, but then also, you know, you look at um, organizations, you know, like Hedera and the HBAR Foundation and stuff like that, you know. I think that there are lagging indicators. And I think that, you know, when you look at a very tight feedback loop, um, a lot of these types of initiatives, when we look at the enterprise purview, right? When we look at the governing council pipeline, it's a bit of a longer feedback loop. It's a multi-year feedback loop. And we don't really understand the impacts of the work being done until a larger time frame has come around. And when you think about it, right, the network went into public access in 2018. Um, so Hedera has been, you know, Hedera as we know it for, you know, five or six years. And over that time, you know, generally we've gone from, I'll give you an example. If you look at maybe, um, a conference setting, right. And it's a conference where you have representatives maybe from other networks, from enterprises and, you know, developers, um, Years ago, the sentiment was kind of like either, you know, what is Hedera? What is Hashgraph? Or 
it was, you know, Hedera centralized or it was this or it was that, some kind of criticism. And the sentiment I get, especially from this individual is, you know, we've turned a corner and not only do people understand more what Hedera is about and there is less criticism and resistance, but um, there is kind of um, adv advocacy for the network unprompted um, by those folks, which is exciting. And specifically, they tell me next year is going to be exciting. So I don't think that's any news. I don't think I don't think that's insider information. I think people uh, generally feel that um, just in Web3 more broadly that next year is exciting, going to be exciting. But uh, yeah, I mean, I get a lot of people reaching out to me um, about this stuff. And respectfully, I like to pass along the sentiment to people. So I think that, you know, first story, big green candles and influencers. That's what's going on. Um, also, too, like real quick, you know, I don't want to mention them specifically, but someone tweets at me um, or sorry, not tweets at me, but posts at me on X. Uh, they say, stop it right there. It's Brandon D. I follow you for reliable HBAR info wherever it might lead. Encouraging fake news is completely unnecessary in the Hedera ecosystem. I think I was like sharing a meme. I think there's like a meme going around about like $350 HBAR or something. It's, I don't know. It's funny. It's like, to be honest, I mean, it's, it's not fake news. It's a meme. Uh, it's pretty clear. Um, and I mean, you know, it is what it is. So, uh, I, you know, don't be a bummer. Um, we don't have time for that stuff right now. I mean, I'm the first to focus on the substance and accurate information, but, uh, you know, I will be sharing, uh, wacky memes, um, and strange things. Uh, that's what happens to people. It's like a, it's like a werewolf type thing where, uh, the, the full moon, uh, rises, the, the charts start to improve the, the, the honking green candles appear. Things happen to people, including me. I, I'm not safe from that. So. I'm just warning. Um, this is a, this is a friendly warning. Um, next story, story number two, a new CBDC testing on mainnet. I want to give credit to Lemonade um, on this kind of pinging some folks in the ecosystem and put out a tweet. Um, and I did some digging into this and basically people have been excited about CBDCs in the Hedera ecosystem in a big way. Um, we've talked about it a lot. This involves um, M-Tech, um, I had the CEO of MTech, Carmel, on the show, um, maybe like 10 episodes ago, 11 episodes ago. I can't remember. Um, but anyways, it was a great conversation. Just I, a big revelation for me just in regards to CBDCs. But um, there is a hackathon between MTech and the Bank of Ghana. And there is activity on the Hedera mainnet in relation to a hackathon for a CBDC, right? To be clear, this is an activity on the Hedera testnet. This is activity on the Hedera mainnet. So what is this about? Well, this is regarding um, the ECD from the Bank of Ghana. So they're advancing a digital currency, the ECD, aligning with global CBDC trends. And so the CD is the official currency of Ghana used for all forms of financial transactions within the country. It is issued and regulated by the Bank of Ghana. And the ECD is a digital currency developed by the Bank of Ghana to facilitate secure, inclusive, and efficient digital transactions 
um, alongside traditional cash in the country's economy. And one of the things that Carmel talked with me about was the fact that, you know, in America or in, you know, uh, you know, a lot of these um, Western financial environments where we have infrastructure that is already kind of good enough. When you look at um, a lot of these other economies that are entering an, an incredibly innovative stage that maybe don't have the same regulatory shackles that America has and don't have a lot of the underlying existing infrastructure to kind of paste over they're they're really a like you could look at you could look at these um financial ecosystems and go oh they're missing this or oh they're missing that but in reality when you fold web3 into the equation it's kind of exciting it's like well that means that it's just a blank canvas in, in some ways and it's very exciting so that's why you're seeing a lot of innovation um, in some of these um, other economies, I mean, including, you know, as Rob Allen talks about Australia um, and in Sweden, I mean, we heard recently about the, you know, multiple parties working on um, Swedish stable coins and stuff. So the purpose of this ECD from the Bank of Ghana is to enhance financial inclusion, reduce reliance on cash and improve payment efficiency. Um, it will be governed by the Bank of Ghana and designed for accessibility. So this will allow offline use, um, interoperability with existing and future systems and robust security. Those are kind of what the design specs are for this. Um, this is just, you know, the, the, you know, this is going to digitize that economy further, um, promote financial inclusion. This is a big piece of the vision of Hedera is really kind of, um, lifting up everybody and giving them the tools and resources to participate in, the global economy. Uh, that's kind of the promise of DLT. Uh, it'll also comply with KYC, AML, CFT regulations. Um, the design, all this is very interesting to me too. The design also considers interoperability with other CBDCs, especially within the African trade context. And we talked recently um, regarding EMTech's work kind of in the African space, some of the other work that's going on. So in, in the broader picture, that's very, very exciting. Um, emphasis is placed on the security and feedback is kind of being sought from stakeholders to refine the design of the ECD and its implementation. So a big piece of that is this hackathon, is the Bank of Ghana going, um, we want to figure out what are the next best steps in regards to actually deploying something like this? Can we play around a little bit? Can we try out some of these technologies? Um, can we, you know, poke at the walls of what the limits are and maybe discover um, some new possibilities? Um, and this is where MTech comes into the fold. So they are, uh, I believe, sponsoring this uh, hackathon from the Bank of Ghana. And back in 2022, uh, the Bank of Ghana successfully conducted pilot tests for both online and offline use cases of the ECD. And to further the initiative, the Bank of Ghana is partnering with MTech and they're hosting the ECD hackathon. And the event is presenting a unique opportunity for participants to develop pioneering solutions in the field of digital currencies. And there's a tweet from MTech that said, quote, from paper to digital cash, what challenges uh, will the Bank of Ghana solve for Ghana with Web3 based ECD. So seeds are being planted and that was very exciting to see. 
Um, and we've seen this quite a bit, right? We've seen these hackathons and these proof of concepts. Um, and it's very exciting, especially as it pertains to Hedera, right? Because when you see, um, you know, a use case like mTech involved in this, you naturally go, well, you know, Hedera is a component of this. This is where the mainnet comes in. And this is kind of where the rubber meets the road, right? This is where we actually start to get real. And Lemonade on Twitter tweets out, the Bank of Ghana appears to be doing some testing on the Hedera mainnet with mTech. Um, the Beyond Cash ECD mainnet token IDs um, are 0 .0 0.0.385.9074 and 0 0.0.385.9086. You can look at it. There's a screenshot from Hashscan, um, which is showing, you know, there are tokens on the mainnet that are being minted um, in relation to this ECD project. And there's very obvious experimentation happening on Hedera in relation to this hackathon um, run by the Bank of Ghana, sponsored by MTech. And this is... This is um, furthering that narrative in a, in a whole new way. This is not just news or hypotheticals or intentions or proof of concepts, right? This is um, a mutable action on the mainnet. Now, do we know exactly what this activity on the mainnet relates to? Um, in regards to where things are in the roadmap or or if the Bank of Ghana will, uh, you know, or, or how the Bank of Ghana will leverage Hedera, that's still kind of unclear. But what's crystal clear is um, Hedera is being heavily leveraged and experimented with in this hackathon um, from the Bank of Ghana. So that's very exciting. That's the news there. And something to keep an eye on if you are excited about CBDCs, keep an eye on that. And when I say keep an eye on that, I say keep an eye on the Hedera mainnet. Um, another story, our third story of the day today is another one that's very, very, uh, this is a substance vibe, folks. We're taking off the hype hat for a minute here. We're going into substance, the substance zone. So take off your hype hat, put on your brain hat, put on your substance hat. One span, formerly known as Vasco, V-A-S-C-O, uh, Data Security International, is a publicly traded company that provides cybersecurity technology. They specialize in digital identity and anti-fraud solutions. They create secure and seamless user experiences. OneSpan's acquisition of ProvenDB, a company that utilizes Hedera Hashgraph technology, and also the company that does things like, for example, um, offers uh, proof of provenance for the governing council meeting minutes, right? Hedera themselves will use proven DB for their governing council meeting minutes to ensure that the meeting minutes that you're looking at are the real ones, right? That you're not looking at a modified version of the governing council meeting minutes. So proven DB is a product used already. Um, so proven DB was acquired by OneSpin. And this signifies its integration of Hedera's distributed ledger technology to enhance the security and trustworthiness of its transaction solutions. So this was kind of off my radar, but I got a DM from uh, from King Solomon in the community who folks know very well. And I had a chance to kind of hang out with in L.A. recently. And, um, you know, 
he basically was saying to me like, dude, you have to look into this. Genfinity just put out a tweet kind of hitting on a few key points of this and sharing a few screenshots of um, some peripheral pieces to the story that really solidify this and point to a potentially massive, massive use case um, on Hedera. And we'll dive into this a bit. So the tweet that, that Ryan sent to me, that King Solomon sent to me, um, was basically a few bullet points, some screenshots, and um, linking out to a few things. So what I did was I looked into this further, provided a bit of context, and we're going to talk about it. So the first element of the tweet from Genfinity said, quote, one span equals 50% of the top 100 global banks. So what exactly does that mean? So one span, right, is a company that provides security and e-signature solutions for digital transactions. The point here likely emphasizes that more than half of the top 100 global banks use OneSpan services, which underscores the company's prominence and trust place in its major institutions. So um, as we kind of look through this, OneSpan acquiring ProvenDB, ProvenDB fully utilizing Hedera Hashgraph, this brings you know Hedera a little closer to a major use case like this. Um, the next point was, 100% a digital identity play. So what does that point in the tweet mean? Well, this highlight suggests that OneSpan solutions are entirely focused on digital identity security. Digital identity plays a crucial role in verifying the identities of parties involved in digital transactions and ensuring that documents and agreements are signed by the correct entities. This is a big problem with financial institutions. I mean, our finance system is constructed of people emailing each other Excel spreadsheets. That's basically what it is. If you look, for example, back to the um, you know global 2008 financial crisis that sparked the creation of Bitcoin itself, um, what all of that was, was investment banks purchasing Excel spreadsheets from each other, right? Like of mortgage-backed securities um, and synthetic CDOs and stuff like that. Like that's that's what when when they talk about those fancy terms, what they're talking about is an Excel spreadsheet. So when we look at revolutionizing trust in global banks, um, one span is at the heart of that. One span acquiring proven DB. You get what I'm saying. Um, the next point on that specifically was Genfinity saying, you know, quote, one span acquired by proven DB brackets Hedera. So. The articles, um, and when I say articles, there's press releases, right? There is um, there is uh, blog articles, all these different types of things. They mentioned OneSpan acquired ProvenDB earlier this year. ProvenDB is a company that offers blockchain-based secure storage solutions on Hedera. And again, that's kind of what this is about, is illustrating how close Hedera is getting to these types of use cases. Uh, now... This was the most interesting point um, from the tweet, quote, patent equals Ethereum slash Hedera for service. What does that mean? Well, the point is referring to patent US 11689374B1, which involves using blockchain to provide its services. It's meaning uh, one span, aka proven DB. The patent was granted July 27th, 2023. Uh, and a side note that I learned from this is it uh, one span is Canadian 
on the patent, one span is listed as a Canadian company. Um, so if that's true, I don't know if that's true. Um, kind of a vibe. I kind of dig it. Um, the next point in the tweet was, quote, default equals Hedera. Um, kind of cryptic. Uh, this actually suggests that Hedera um, is the default blockchain infrastructure for one span services. Particularly after the acquisition of Proven DB. So another little thread coming in here, right, is one span works with over 50% of 100 global banks. They're a digital identity play. They purchased Proven DB. And this is in regards to um, proving digital identity for document related and signing activities. And Hedera has been made the default um, uh, infrastructure for these services provided by OneSpan, according to these articles and patents. So very interesting. Um, the another point made in the tweet was quote proven DB CTO now OneSpan enterprise architect. Um, so basically, what that means is after the acquisition of proven DB, its chief technology officer CTO has taken the role of enterprise architect at OneSpan. Right, so the connective tissue of these two companies continues to merge, and roles change. Um, and this role would involve overseeing the integration and architectural design of OneSpan's enterprise solutions. Um, so very powerful stuff there. And the last point in the tweet was, "quote Service integrated in TX Cloud bracket base of all services end bracket." So uh, I think TX Cloud could refer to OneSpan's transaction cloud. Uh, which is the fundamental platform of all OneSpan services. So that's not Hedera related. Um, but when we look at that, we go, okay, so OneSpan has this transaction cloud that all these kinds of things run through. And if we're talking about integrating this proven DB acquired service into this transaction cloud, inherently that means that Hedera would be leveraged for that. So the integration of the service mentioned could imply that Trust Vault or other blockchain-based services or Hedera are now fully integrated in one span's cloud infrastructure, which is the base for all of its digital transaction services. So all of these kind of pieces cascade in a way that really lead you to kind of one conclusion that is, oh, Hedera is being, you know, could in fact be leveraged by, you know, over 50% of the top 100 global banks to provide proof of identity in regards to um, the signing and movement of documents, which when you expand upon that is pretty incredible um, when you talk about change within the financial system. So very cool stuff. Now, the patent, there's an image in the patent that I found interesting, um, and I'll describe the image. It's, uh, it's a classic um, patent um, image that is uh, a little bit goofy, Looks like it's out of some kind of comic book from a bad dream. But anyways, the image from the patent labeled figure 3F, it shows a user interface for a verification system. The far left side of the displays a section titled verify with the status of verified for an uploaded image of a person holding a piece of paper with a QR code and a date. On the right side, there's a proof section with a tab for info and certifiable JSON, indicating the proof can be provided in a JSON format, which is a common data interchange format. Below, this is an excerpt of a certified blockchain proof from ProvenDB, referencing Hedera Hashgraph specifically. 
This certificate provides proof that the proof of identity request has been anchored to a blockchain, aka Hashgraph, with a specific transaction ID and timestamp details. So basically the overall context here is demonstrating a system for verifying identity using blockchain technology where the verification status and the cryptographic proof of the transaction are provided to the user. So in the patent, they illustrate this and it's exciting to see um, in the patent itself, Hedera Hashgraph um, highlighted specifically in these illustrations and most notably figure 3F. So there's a quote here as well in the kind of press release and blog article kind of put out in relation to this um, and kind of cited by um, uh, by Genfinity in these tweets. Um, so quote, as partners of ProvenDB and users of TrustVault, we are excited to see the integration of TrustVault into the OneSpan portfolio, said Christian Hasker, Chief Marketing Officer at Swords Labs. Um, AI, quantum computing, and other emerging technologies are creating unprecedented challenges to the trustworthiness of all forms of digital information, including digital agreements. No, no, one, no one security vendor can do it all, but some are clearly leading the pack. We believe that one span sign combined with TrustVault will set a new standard for the individuals and enterprises relying on the long-term viability and integrity of digital agreements and e-signatures. Um, so basically the significance for Hedera Hashgraph is that one spans adoption and integration of its technology through the acquisition of ProvenDB represents a validation of Hedera's distributed ledger technology, potentially increasing its adoption and visibility in the financial services industry among enterprises seeking secure, scalable blockchain solutions. So that's basically the gist there is it's like through the acquisition of this company, this patent, this news um, is just a major vibe. So I dig it. I like it. And thank you and shout out to uh, King Solomon um, for the ping on this, just because uh, this is big stuff that wasn't on my radar initially. I didn't know about the acquisition. Now I do. Quick pit stop here, uh, just before we get onto the fourth story of the day. The Hashgraph Enthusiast Show averages about uh, 500 listeners every week on Spaces and hundreds more on podcast platforms. And over the years, I've covered every major Hedera news event, unpacked almost every juicy rumor and hosted countless in-depth discussions with important figures in the Hedera ecosystem. And I've been able to do it all live with you guys. If you'd like to support the show, consider making an HBAR contribution like many folks in the community have been doing, even a few bucks add up. You can send a contribution um, using your Hedera wallet and I will pin a, a tweet or sorry, a post to the top of the spaces with the info and a fun gif. I like that little gif of the dog. Um, and the full Hedera address can also be found in the show notes and YouTube description, all those different types of things. Get all the info you need about the show at itsbrandond.com slash hbar. And you can leave a rating and review for the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, all that kind of stuff. Leave a comment, subscribe, all that, all that stuff. That really helps too. Um, and you can leave a tip on Galaxy right? The social media platform on Hedera. I dig it. Our fourth story of the day. It's a little quick one, but it's important. Uh, Web3 ATL, Atlanta. Um, Lehman was there talking about DREC. Um, and there's a sentiment that I got from that. Um, 
there's there's a bunch of people at that event. Um, you know, I, I messaged uh, Jim from ACOR about kind of his experience there and a, f- a few other people. And it's like just there is an energy. And it was exciting to me because um, it was Lehman talking about DREC, right? He wasn't necessarily talking about Hedera or Hashgraph, which was very exciting to me. He gave a talk on DREC and... It's fascinating because, you know, for folks unfamiliar, DREC, Decentralized Recovery, is a is a novel technology developed by Swirls Labs that will um, solve the problem in Web3 and crypto of losing your private keys. The benefit of private keys, of course, is that when you have your private keys, nobody but you can control your account. But if you lose your private keys, there's no way to recover them. So what DREC does is it's a new um, infrastructure and technology to make it so um, if you lose your private keys, you can go to your helpers and each of your helpers has a piece of your private key. And if you go to them in person, you can recover your private key. But no none of your helpers would be able to construct your private key. Only you would be able to. Um, and that's the first use case of DREC. Um, you can also think of, for example, when I got married earlier this year, my wife and I had to go bring ID to um, the, you know, to the government office and prove our identity and all these different types of things. And you kind of go, oh, what if my passport expired or what if this or what if that and you think about DREC as well you know oh here's a new novel way that I could go to a helper right aka the government or my bank or my neighbor or a family member and be able to get information that I need to prove my identity or um, if I for example lose my passport or lose um, my password or something like that for a website or whatever it might be it's also a novel technology that goes beyond Web3, beyond crypto. So the other side to this too is it's not just a technology, like I said, for Hedera. It could be used for Ethereum. It could be used for Solana, for Cardano. And from a technology standpoint, we can all see the excitement. But of course we go, well, what does this mean for Hedera if it, if it kind of doesn't have anything to do with Hedera? If Swirls Labs and Lehman bring this technology that is of such incredible value to the Web3 space and to the broader world, um, that puts so many eyeballs on Swirls Labs, right? And on Lehman. And those eyeballs quickly shift to other projects that Swirls Labs is involved in, including Hedera Hashgraph. So by being able to demonstrate the value that they bring, the expertise that they have, and the and the expansive vision um, that that they are able to cultivate, it's contagious, and I think that it's a it's a great you know marketing ploy, in my opinion. DREC is one of the best marketing efforts you could have at just bringing value. Um, and not only that, there's also uh, decentralized custody, which is a, a new component of DREC, which is kind of like, imagine if you didn't need to hold your private key, but you also didn't need to trust any one particular entity to hold it for you. Um, and that no entity out there would be able to use it 
unless you prompted it. So DREC is very exciting and it's great to see that finally getting a little more uh, public awareness and, you know, at Web3 Atlanta, Lehman doing a presentation on it. Um, these are really the early days of DREC. And when I say the early days of DREC, I'm saying the early days of a new technology that like Hashgraph will permeate its way throughout our everyday lives. I truly think that when we look at what Apple's doing with passwordless solutions and a general trend away from passwords and a general trend away from custodial solutions, this is kind of the key that unlocks that. So exciting stuff. Fifth story of the day, Shane from the HBAR Foundation uh, makes a field trip to the New York Stock Exchange to give a presentation featuring um, a DeLorean. Um, we've all seen it. Uh, we're all excited. He was in front of an audience of hundreds of um, institutional investors and HBAR has been added to a platform called The Tie, which is kind of like Bloomberg, but for crypto. So if people don't know about like Bloomberg, it's a, you know, a terminal solution that most investment banks and family offices and people use um, to, you know, invest, right? And in, in all sorts of different financial products. So when you look at a product like the tie, you, you know, at your desk, you've got Bloomberg terminal, and then you've also got the tie and you use Bloomberg for things like stocks and bonds and, you know, puts and calls and all that kind of stuff. And you use the tie for investing in all sorts of different assets. And HBAR is one of those assets. And Shane was at the New York Stock Exchange effectively pitching institutional investors on Hedera through the, you know, as a representative of the HBAR Foundation. And the slides are cool. So like um, the first slide was, you know, great tagline, right? On-chain is the new online, um, you know, <laughs> As a person of Web3, I read that and I'm like, you know, okay, boomer, like, duh. But when you look at the audience of like, let's say institutional investors and people maybe uh, a couple degrees removed from Web3 looking to maybe um, ride the wave of adoption and invest in some of these things without necessarily opening a Hedera account, um, that's a very appealing hook. You know, I thought that was uh, very clever um, and, and catchy. Um, and some of the slides are great. Again, like we, a lot of these things we already know, I've already talked about this on the show, but I just wanted to kind of reframe it in the context of imagine yourself as an institutional investor hearing potentially about Hedera for the very first time and, um, knowing that you can go back to your desk on your terminal and invest in HBAR. So he shared a slide obviously on Aberdeen. So, um, you know, as part of Initial integration, Aberdeen tokenized a part of its flagship um, Aberdeen Standard Liquidity Fund um, and Sterling Fund. So multi-billion dollar money market fund tokenized on the Hedera network. You know, as an, as an institutional investor, that perks up your ears a little bit. Um, another slide was kind of addressing the Stablecoin Studio, right? Which was launched to meet the demand from banks on the Hedera Governing Council and beyond enabling simple issuance and management of highly programmable and scalable stable coins. We talked about this in, in depth, but basically it's all these pieces put together um, and, and it basically takes the process of creating a complex stable coin required by a bank or a CBDC 
it takes that process from months to minutes um, on Hedera. So again, seeing that slide as an institutional investor, you might go, okay, that's very interesting. They talk about achievements with sta with um, uh, Stablecoin Studio and the pilot between Shanahan Bank and um, uh, other banks for remittances that we talked about on the show previously um, and how more much more efficient they are from legacy systems, right? So when you look at um, international remittances between banks, like if I'm in Canada and I want to send money to somebody in Africa, what does that look like? Um, well, the operating hours are limited to banking hours. If you're using something like this proof of concept running on Hedera 24-7, lead time could be one to 10 days, right? You might not get that money in, in you know, a week. And then on Hedera, 2.5 seconds. Um, Real-time traceability, none. I mean, my company, you know, sends or receives wire payments. You have no idea what's going on until the other person gets it. Like generally, you, you know, you'll get an email or a Slack message, you know, like wire received. And it's like, oh, thank God. Um, but with this, you can just kind of watch the money travel. Um, the settlement currency, right? US dollar, that's very limiting to, um, you know, countries that don't use the US dollar for their native currency. Um, and when you look at what a settlement currency and how that interacts with, you know, this new stablecoin studio pilot, it's just supported by design, right? It's a remit token um, and it can be in your native currency. And then the charges, um, you go, okay, well, how much does it cost to send money right now? And it's like the intermarry fees could be 20 to 30 bucks. TTF could be, you know, $6 transfer fees could be, you know, three to $40 with the Hedera stablecoin studio. It's, you know, five cents. So when you look at that, you know, 24 seven under three seconds, real time traceability, all sorts of currencies supported five cents fees. Like it's a no brainer. It's like, that's just super powerful for, um, for this stuff. So it's a, again, as an institutional investor watching this presentation, very compelling. Um, and then they kind of go through kind of the breakdown of what the stable coin studio is and um, all the different pieces of it, uh, you know, including, you know, world pay uh, from FIS global with their proof of reserve solution. So we talked about that on the show previously, very impressive. Uh, they talked about a little bit about what's coming next. Um, so, Hedera is being leveraged to ensure, ensure full transparency for up to 100% of settlement money movements for leading stablecoin issuers like Circle, available in near time, near real time across fiat and crypto portions. So um, they also talked about drop in the presentation. Um, so alongside real world assets moving on chain, one of the paradigm shifts and financial transactions being enabled by tokenization on Hedera's micropayments, right? So drop. Um, is enabling this. Um, and also they were recently showcased in the FedNow um, initiative uh, in the United States as an integration partner, which, you know, as we know, um, was a huge announcement this year. Um, so looking at that deck, right? Looking at this presentation, Shane from the HBAR Foundation is there presenting to these institutional investors. All of those institutional investors could go back to their desk and invest in HBAR through their preferred medium. 
like it's very interesting, compelling to me. And and um, Elaine from the H Bar Foundation tweeted um, three days later, um, "quote Focus of the week, follow up from last week's institutional meetings." So obviously there is follow up happening, and it raises the question in myself, but I've seen other people say this is kind of like well, coincidentally, um, after that presentation by Shane to these institutional investors at the New York Stock Exchange, you know, we saw substantial price movement in HBAR, um, not directly in relation to Bitcoin, right? Because commonly um, when we see, um, you know, any significant price appreciation or movement or volatility in HBAR, it's generally mirroring Bitcoin and other altcoins. But um, that wasn't the case with these recent price movements. It 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 largely was Hedera kind of making some moves on its own a little bit. I wouldn't say decoupling, but it wasn't following Bitcoin. And so, you know, taking off, I'm taking off my substance hat now and putting back my hype hat on. I kind of go, well, did these people at that presentation go back to their desk and buy HBAR? <laughs> you know, I don't know, but... Um, you could look to the charts and come to that conclusion. The timing is peculiar. Um, and I mean, it's worth mentioning that, you know, in the past, um, through, you know, maybe some LinkedIn posts or some tweets or rumors here and there that the New York Stock Exchange has been rumored to be a potential governing council member. They fit the bill. So, you know, I mean, the New York Stock Exchange is a company. Um, so, and, and also too, you look at the activity of the New York Stock Exchange. We talked about some of the different things in regards to trust and different things like that and, and what Hedera can facilitate. So, that's just, you know, again, very loosely, very tinfoil hat, but again, just kind of pulling in a couple peripheral things to this story. Very exciting, very interesting stuff. Um Sixth story of the day is um, very quickly going to put my substance hat back on. Um, a great blog article published on the Hedera blog by Ed Marquez titled um, Hedera Processes Thousands of Transactions Per Second. How is that number calculated? This is a big question for me, right? We talked earlier in the show about, you know, wow, um, TPS saw another little step function uh, today and we're seeing an average TPS approaching 3,000 and Hedera is doing a billion transactions every four days, right? One billion transactions every four days. One billion paid transactions. These aren't, these aren't BS transactions like Solana, sorry Solana, but these are paid transactions. 1 billion of those every four days. What's the math? So um, the article from Ed Marquez at Swirls starts out, quote, at the time of writing, uh, which, you know, this article was published November 2nd, the Archaeometric site shows that the Hedera mainnet is processing 2,443 transactions per second with more than 26 billion total transactions to date. Um, there's other articles that kind of talk a little bit about um, the algorithm, and one of those is called 
does Hedera's TPS include transactions generated by its consensus algorithm? No. Commonly, the Hedera consensus service is confused with a consensus algorithm. Um, big boo-boo by Hedera, I think. I think that the worst possible name you could choose for the Hedera consensus service is um, the Hedera consensus service. Um, very confusing. Um, and I think is going to be a big drag on adoption, in my opinion. Um, if you have to publish an article explaining this, then it's just proof that it's a horrible branding. So um, I think that, you know, the Hedera consensus service is like a, a major blunder in branding, in my opinion, um, because naturally people equate that to, and rightfully so, they go, well, these are consensus service transactions. So obviously these are transactions that are part of the consensus algorithm, similar to what Solano is doing, um, BS. And it's like, to you know, it's untrue. These are separate. These are paid transactions. But I mean, um, you know, what can you say to that? It's like, it's just, a, I think, a big mistake on Hedera's part. But anyways, um, uh, again, continuing, quote, only transactions submitted and paid for by external parties are included in the TPS count, right? Ed making that clear from Swirls. Only transactions submitted and paid for by external parties are included in the TPS count. So when you look at those 26 or 27 billion transactions, right? Those 1 billion transactions every four days, those are only transactions made by external parties and they are paid transactions. So the big thing about this article is how is that number calculated? So um, this article is basically a guide on how you can use JavaScript or Python to find the latest transaction number. It's literally just a few lines of code. And the equation is TPS equals transactions in number of blocks divided by duration of number of blocks in seconds. So basically, as the article says, quote, as explained in the glossary of the Hedera documentation, a block is simply a batch of transactions. Hedera's Hashgraph consensus algorithm inherently doesn't utilize blocks. However, to enhance compatibility with Ethereum, with the Ethereum virtual machine, the EVM uh, tools and systems, the notion of virtual blocks was integrated on Hedera with HIP. 415, uh, we talked about it on the show when that was announced. Um, each block on Hedera represents transactions processed at a time window of approximately two seconds. Um, and worth noting too, Ed also made a GPT plugin. So um, this is fun. If I go to, if I go to my chat GPT here, because um, it'd be good to know um, what the current um, TPS is right now. Uh, so I'm going to go to my it's the Hedera Info plugin on ChatGPT. You can go to the ChatGPT store and install it. It's fun. What is the current TPS on Hedera? Question mark. Let's see if uh, uh, Hedera GPT can tell us because I don't. I need to know. Uh, the current number of transactions per second being processed by the Hedera network is approximately 2,782. Thank you, Hedera GPT. Um, so yeah, check out that plugin. But anyways... Um, to be honest, I read the article. I'm not uh, super smart uh, when it comes to this technology stuff. So what I did was 
I had AI uh, break it down for us into less technical terms. So that way, everyone in the Hedera community can have a better understanding of how is this number calculated? So to explain how transactions per second on Hedera is calculated in simple terms, let's break down the process. So what is a block, right? In many blockchain systems, transactions are grouped together in something called a block. Hedera uses something similar called virtual blocks, as explained above, uh, for compatibility with certain tools. Each of these virtual blocks represents a bunch of transactions that were processed together in a specific time frame, which is usually around two seconds. To calculate TPS, you need data on recent transactions, right? So fetching block data. Uh, this is like getting a receipt that shows how many items were processed, in this case transactions, and how long it took. So then you have to add up the transactions. So imagine you have a list of receipts, right, blocks, each showing how many transactions were processed in that approximate two-second window. You add up all the transactions listed on your receipts to get a total number. And then you calculate the duration. So you look at the time when the first transaction started and when the last one ended. This gives you the total time it took to process all of those transactions that you've added up and then you calculate TPS. So finally, you take the total number of transactions you've added up and divide it by the total time it took to process them. And this gives you the number of transactions per second. So let's break this down even further. So if you had 10,000 transactions that were processed over a period of 50 seconds, your TPS would be 200 because 10,000 divided by 50 equals 200. So in this case, of Hedera, they use a system automatically to fetch recent blocks and calculate the total number of transactions and the exact duration of those transactions took the process. Uh, and then the simple formula of dividing the total number of transactions by the total duration in seconds to find out the TPS. So basically, you know, um, it's like figuring out how many apples you can pack in a box per minute. If you packed 120 apples in two minutes, your apples per minute would be 60, right? So that's basically how it works is you've got these little blocks, you got these um, chunks, and the bigger the chunk, the more accurate your TPS number can be over a larger period of time, almost like an average. So when you look at Metrica and it tells you the average for the day, they're just basically fetching a day's worth of blocks and calculating that kind of average. Um, and if you want to get hyper specific, you can say, you know, get me the, get me the blocks over the last minute and let's calculate what the TPS would be on average over the last minute. So you could, and then you could kind of slice it either way. You could go transactions per minute, right? Or transactions per hour or transactions per month. And that's also what some of these, um, dashboards give. So pretty technical, but at the end of the day, the math is actually pretty simple. It's just basically... Um, give me the number of transactions over a period of time and divide it by seconds. And that gives me TPS. And when you look at the websites that kind of like show you TPS, you'll notice on the Hedera transactions website, that TPS number will refresh, right? Every, let's say 10 seconds. So what that tells me is that website is asking for 10 seconds worth of blocks running that calculation that we've just described 
and displaying that TPS number, and then 10 seconds later doing that same process and just doing that simple math. Um, so really fascinating stuff, really useful. Um, and that brings us to our seventh story of the day. Chainspect adds Hedera. So now when you go to the Chainspect website, very similar to realtps.net, which a lot of people in the ecosystem used um, and did a great job of kind of filtering out, um, you know, a lot of spoof transactions, um, you know, for example, you know, Solana um, and some other networks, you know, just calling a spade a spade, they include unpaid transactions, right? They include transactions used for their consensus algorithm that inflate their transactions numbers. Um, Hedera does not do that. Hedera does not include transactions from their consensus algorithm. They only include transactions submitted by external parties that are paid for. So Hedera on the Chainspect website, 2,800 TPS. Uh, that's the same that uh, Hedera GPT told me. Um, and Solana's at 436, BNB's at 30, Polygon's at 28. So clearly Hedera continues to be the reigning champion of TPS. And um, this website, Chainspec, does a good job of filtering out um, a lot of the flim flam. And uh, it's a great website to look to when you want to figure out what uh, TPS of Hedera is in comparison to other networks. And really, if you're talking to people about Hedera and, and, and illustrating um, how Hedera stacks up from a transaction standpoint comparatively with other networks, this is a great website to start that conversation. So check it out. Our eighth story of the day, um, really, uh, I already talked about, um, it was a sneak peek at five-digit TPS. And again, to reiterate, just on this topic is we did see um, purported video of 29,000 TPS, another one at 15,000 TPS, um, Metrica not showing that. Is it a glitch? We don't know. Um, there was no confirmation one way or the other. So um, that's our eighth story of the day. I already talked about it. Ninth story of the day, Charles Hoskins and Midnight. Um, people are hot and bothered. Uh, Charles Hoskins has created a L2 um, that feels a little bit like a copy of Hedera. So what, is this, what does this mean? That's the headline here. Um, Charles Hoskins, uh, very smart guy, founder of Cardano, um, and does a lot of good for the Web3 ecosystem. Uh, very famously, a, a staunch critic of Hedera. And when asked in, in uh, you know, years past to look into Hedera, he said, I don't care about Hedera. Hedera is patented. It is closed source and it is useless. I just, anything that is patented or closed source, I don't care about. I don't look into. I haven't read the white paper. Fooey. Um, so as we all know, Hedera is now open source. Um, it is uh, the, you know, the, the consensus algorithm is still patented, but it's, you know, it's op open review and under the Apache license and this and that. So things have changed substantially with Hedera. And you could arguably say, you know, in the words of Mance, 
um, that it is a fallacy to assume that Hedera is not the most decentralized network on the planet in regards to distribution of validator nodes and validator node participation in voting. So um, there's that. Now, loop back into Charles Hoskins. What's going on? What's new? So he's launched Midnight and Midnight is a network that definitely feels to me, well, I'll read a quote first. So there's an interview from Charles and he was asked about Midnight and kind of what pain points does Midnight address? And a quote from the interview is from Charles, quote, one of the biggest problems for Fortune 500 adoption is that you have price spikes in fees. You wake up and something is suddenly five times as expensive in a week. How do you get big Fortune 500 companies and everyday businesses to come and use your network like a cloud product if you have no price predictability? Amazon Web Services doesn't call you up and say, hey, yeah, we messed up really bad and uh, all your hosting fees are going to be three times as expensive for the next week. You'd be like, okay, I'm going to immediately move to a different host. And so to me that, you know, that's definitely sounds familiar to kind of what Lehman talks about, what Mance talks about. And it speaks to the pain point, right? Of, you know, in a bull market, especially Ethereum network fees skyrocket. Um, and if you look at, you know, as Charles says, you know, a fortune 500 company or a major enterprise or a government or what have you, especially if they're, you know, like Avery Dennison that needs to process thousands of transactions per second, or like IBM will need to process hundreds of thousands of transactions per second. Um, you have to, for sure, a hundred percent as a business with a fiduciary responsibility to your shareholders, or if you're a publicly traded company to the public, be able to project costs. You have to be able to say it will cost us this much this quarter to run our business. And if a large portion of your costs are literally just Ethereum fees, then it's it's impossible. So what Hedera, what, sorry, what Charles is talking about is very much in line with what Hedera is all about, right? With low, not just... Um, predictable fees, right? It's 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 very important to delineate between predictable fees and fixed fees, right? Predictable fees means that there will be a slight variance in the fees that you will pay in a forward-looking time frame for this network. And you can um, trust that you will not have you know, surge pricing for this network. You're not going to have, as Charles says, someone calling you up and saying this service is going to cost you three times as much for the next week. And then on Hedera's side, very big difference in regards to fixed fees, right? Where there is a guarantee that there will be zero fluctuation and zero variance in the fees that you pay for this network. It is fixed in US dollars paid in HBAR. So still like <clears throat> if we look at the midnight uh, layer two from from you know Car the Cardano funder, founder and we look at Hedera, fundamentally very different. Um, I haven't heard Charles speak specifically in regards to fixed fees, um, but he does talk about predictable fees. Um, 
And not to say that Midnight is a bad product. It's just to say that um, adding layers on top of a network and building it in natively to the protocol itself are two very different approaches. Um, in my opinion, the favorable approach is having that built into the native layer one and not needing to, to use a layer two because as you add layers to a network, you sacrifice security, you sacrifice stability, and you sacrifice decentralization. Um, to be clear, I think that Hedera is a far superior product to Midnight. Um, now, the story here to me appears to be that, you know, Charles Hoskins uh, says, you know, fooey to Hedera and at some point reads the white paper and goes, um, yikes, this seems very compelling. I need to develop a competing product, a competitive solution to Hedera. And to be fair, um, Charles Hoskins has a very large following and is very predominant, respected in the crypto ecosystem. Um, and Cardano is a widely used network. Um, and this is a, you know, I, I would say from a technical standpoint, this might not be necessarily a very serious competitor to Hedera, but from a mind share market share standpoint at this early phase, this is a very compelling um, competition to Hedera. Now, I understand that there's been a lot of FUD and different things like that around Charles and around Cardano and different things like that. And and also too around Hedera with, you know, it's, it's permissioned nodes and this and that and various misinformation on both sides and different things. Um, but again, you know, I don't want to kind of pontificate around this L2 midnight solution from, you know, the founder of Cardano. I think that we're going to see more of this, right? We're going to, you know, as I've said before, Hashgraph is an incredibly disruptive technology and it will like as Hedera grows, as adoption of Hashgraph grows, the resistance against it will grow. Competition will grow and the competition will be very, very good. And, um, you know, it's not guaranteed that the best technology will win. As we know, looking back in the technology industry, it's not always the best technology that wins. So that kind of brings us full circle to what I've been talking about very prominently in the Hedera community, which is we need hype, right? Hedera has the substance stuff covered. Swirls has the substance stuff covered. HBAR Foundation has the substance stuff covered. Hashgraph Association has the substance stuff covered. Governing Council, Enterprise, they got it on lock and they do it better than anybody else in the industry. But substance will not get mass adoption. It will not um, thwart competition for Hedera. What will do that? is big green honking candles and excitement and fun and things that the NFT community is doing, things that the DeFi ecosystem is doing, things that the wallet ecosystem is doing, things that the community is doing. It, you know, let again, let's call a spade a spade. Memes work. Memes build community. They're fun. Um, people don't want to come to the Hedera ecosystem to, you know, spin our wheels on the technology side of things. There's 
so much exciting stuff happening in this regard that we talk about all the time. People want to have fun. Um, and the reality is, is, um, you know, the, the nightmare scenario is Hedera goes all substance and has a network that, you know, is used by enterprise and is used by the governing council and retail goes somewhere else. Um, there's gotta be fun, right? There's gotta be excitement. There's gotta be hype. And to push my point further is if you are a network that doesn't have the substance and technology to back it up, you shouldn't be hyping yourselves, right? You should be um, working on the technology part. And on the flip side, if you're Hedera that has the substance, right? That has the technology to back it up, you should be hyping it, right? Um, if any network is in a position to go wild with hype, right? It's Hedera. And Hedera and Swirls, as I've said, they have to understand we're not, if we look at the Web3 industry, if we look at crypto, you're not speaking to an audience of, of idle standing people, right? You're trying to get the attention of and trying to speak to a merry-go-round going at 900 rotations per minute. You can't be talking about all of these nuanced subjects and these, you know, TPS and this and that. It's like you have to do broad strokes. You have to just say, Hedera is the fastest network out there. It processes more transactions than any network. It doesn't have a mempool. There is no MEV. It's more secure. It has finality. Like, it just is that. And I find that a lot of times in marketing, if you are in a position of explaining yourself, you're in a losing position. The position you want to be in, especially in this, is you want to be in a position of, um, of people asking questions, of people throwing around controversy, of um, excitement, of confusion, right? Of energy. Because what that means is that you're in a winning position. It means that you're in the eye of the storm. Versus on the outside of the storm going, you know, oh, don't go in there. Stay here where everything makes sense. You know, no, you want to be in the eye of the storm surrounded by craziness. Because once people get through that, there you are. Um, and you don't have to explain this to people. It just works. And um, people will naturally drill down on it. And I really think that the community just has to embrace that. It's okay to not explain things so much, right? It's okay to just take broad strokes and have some fun, throw some things out there, get a little crazy. Our last story of the day is just reflecting on a hundred episodes, um, just winding down the show here. And I guess what I'll do is before I do that, I'll just say, um, you know, before I share that, you know, quick final, final thoughts for the week. Um, you know, it's it, we're talking about substance and hype and how they interact with each other and the fact that we need both. And we have to retire the saying of all substance, no hype. You know, in the words of Gordon Gecko, hype is good. Um, so I want to give a huge shout out to everyone listening live right now on X Spaces and a shout out to everyone listening to the recording on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and an extra shout out to all the supporters of the show. The contributions mean so much. 
Um, and yeah, reflecting on a hundred episodes, I mean, I ran the numbers. I spend about 350 hours, over 350 hours a week or sorry, a year, um, on this show doing research, producing the show. Um, and it's a lot, but I get a lot from this show. Um, you know, I started this show in October, 2021 on clubhouse before, you know, Twitter spaces was around. And, you know, I think that for me, the show has been so been through so many different changes. Like, um, if you go back and like, I'm going to try to figure out how to get a lot of those early episodes, right. And I'm talking like episode, you know, one, two, and three, it's night and day. Um, I started doing this show for like 12 people. And the purpose of the show for me, I do the show for myself. Um, I do this show to really hold myself accountable in staying up to date with this ecosystem, growing my knowledge, understanding what's happening, um, cultivating my investment thesis in HBAR. Um, and because of this show, because of support from the community, you know, I've been able to really, you know, it, it, you know, it's safe to say it has changed my life in a big way. Um, Hedera, you know, this ecosystem is at the heart of everything I'm about art, technology. Um, and it's just made me a better person. Um, not just, you know, knowing about these technologies and how it'll affect the future of our world, but just myself, my own career, who I am, how I see myself. Um, and a lot of the work that I've been able to do. Um, and that directly relates to this show. So as I, you know, head forth into episode 100 and, you know, publishing over 200 hours of news and interviews, um, I just want to say thank you to the whole, you know, Hedera community and everybody who listens to this show. Um, you know, there's thousands of people who listen to this show and it just means so much. And, and all the guests that I've had on the show, um, I, you know, I can't wait for what's ahead. Um, but for episode 100, I'm going to be recapping the last 50 episodes. Um, I'm going to be doing something really, really important for episode 100. What I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be painting the whole picture of the last 50 episodes, right? AKA the last 50 weeks, the last year of this ecosystem. I'm going to be looking at uh, like for, you know, folks may not know for each of these episodes, I have pages and pages and pages of notes, you know, thousands of words um, of an, an analysis um, of multiple stories for each episode. Um, and I can go back and I can reference all of that information, all of those insights. And what I want to do is I want to take the juiciest, you know, 10%, uh, the juiciest tip of the iceberg of the past 50 episodes, the most important parts of the past 50 episodes. And I want to do a recap, a retrospective next week for episode 100. So together we can paint a complete picture of what's happened, you know, cause it's hard sometimes with so much happening. You, you like, if you were to ask yourself, you know, 
what does the last year look like of this ecosystem? You like, you can't really do it. You can think of moments here and there, but you can't really, you can't really do it in a detailed way. And you can't really paint that complete picture. And if we think about heading into a new year and wrapping up this year, you know, what's more powerful than having that complete picture um, and really understanding holistically what's going on? Because oftentimes there's things you look back on and you go, what happened with that? That was a huge thing and we didn't hear anything about that. And you do a little digging and you find a hidden gem. So that's what episode 100 is going to be about. It's going to be about bringing all of this together, painting a really big, complete picture, doing it live on the show. Um, and, you know, I'm going to be inviting all sorts of people to pop on the show, have a discussion, talk about all sorts of different things. Um, and, you know, as we look forward um, some of the things that I want to do with the show is I want to start having a video component to the show. Um, I want to be on video. I want to share my computer screen of all the different things I'm looking at and talking about. Um, I want to make sure I always do the, the audio version on Twitter, uh, on X spaces, right? On Apple podcasts. I want to continue doing all the things that I'm doing now. And then add other things on top, right? I want to get a whole new podcast set up with a microphone. I want to get a soundboard so I can play recorded clips of, of interviews that have happened in the ecosystem and not just have me referencing it and talking about it. I want to have a theme song. Um, I want to, you know, be able to do all these different types of things. And I'm going to be able to do it because of contributions from the community in HBAR. Right, the show has received close to ten thousand H bar worth of contributions. That translates into hundreds of dollars that I'm going to be deploying into the show and have been deploying into the show to make it better. Right, to get more value out of those three hundred and fifty hours that I spend every year doing the show, um, and that's what it's all about for me. And I would do this for free, but I want to do more and. What that means is creating a clear communication between me and the community that lets you guys go, we want more. And the communication that's been cultivated is sending HBAR to a wallet with a memo. And what that allows me to see is how much more do you guys want? Because I've got it ready to roll. Um, and I've got the ideas and the plan to do it. And I've done this stuff before I used to rant. I used to run a 13 editor publication. I used to do many podcasts. I, you know, my firm does video production, all that kind of stuff. So I'm incredibly proficient in those things. For me, it's about time. Um, so I have heard the community loud and clear moves will be made. Um, and this show will only continue to grow. Um, and I'm just so grateful and so thankful um, to the community. I love all of you. And that is a wrap for the Hashgraph Enthusiast News episode 99, All Eyes on HBAR. Um, broadcast live on Spaces every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, and made available on all major podcast platforms the following day. Um, if you'd like to become a supporter of the show, you can send an HBAR contribution to enthusiast.hbar using your Hedera wallet or the addresses above. 
um, and available in the podcast show notes and YouTube description and all that stuff. Um, it's pinned to the top of the spaces too. Get all the info you need about the show at itsbrandond.com slash hbar. And I'll see you next Wednesday for episode 100. And as usual, for everyone listening right now, if you see somebody, and I'm talking to the people listening on Spaces, if you see a profile picture of someone that you recognize, but that you haven't spoken with in a while, click their profile picture right now, send them a DM and ask what's new. I guarantee you they got something new going on. And I guarantee you that everyone right now could use a little support, use a little morale boost, use a little help. Um, and if you see someone listening right now that you don't recognize, a profile picture that you've never seen before, um, you both have something in common. You've been uh, listening to me ramble on for an hour and a half. So follow them, send them a message, introduce yourself. That's what this is all about, right? Making connections. So I'm going to leave the spaces open for a few more moments so people can do that and get connected and stay up to date. Um, and with that, hello future, goodbye past. <laughs>